Welcome to another episode of Clearlight Connections, where we talk to the people behind the businesses and brands of Bay Area Houston, proudly sponsored by UTMB Health. Today, I have Richard Gruen with me. He is representing the uh, Livestock Show and Rodeo, and you are vice chair of the Speakers Bureau. I am one of a number of vice chairmen uh, on the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Speakers Committee. I'm actually vice chairman over the public speaking team. Uh, and our group is responsible for finding opportunities to go out into the community, talk to businesses, talk to schools, talk to civic clubs, organizations about all that's going on with the 90th anniversary of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And in your opinion, what are some of the highlights for this year? Well, um, first of all, just the fact that we are going to have a complete show. And this past weekend, we finished uh, with uh, the barbecue cook-off. Uh, we had the downtown parade we had trail riders coming into memorial park and being in the parade and then uh, there's just a lot going on that's new and exciting at the rodeo this year because we wanted to come back bigger and better for the 90th anniversary celebration and the fact that we haven't had a rodeo in almost two years and a livestock show yeah and it's, it's remarkable to see your organization back and it's probably going to be bigger than ever T tell me about how the rodeo is always evolving to kind of stay more current and, and, and just bring in more people? So uh, the rodeo really has the staff there, and it's a very minimal staff supported by 110 committees, 35,000 volunteers. But the staff and the executive committee for the rodeo have really worked hard to make it a family-friendly event and something that's reflective of our entire community. And so you'll see diversity in the entertainment. Um, you'll see um, best practices right now when it comes to health and safety. And the show is just really doing a lot of things to make sure that people can come out and feel comfortable and have a really good time. Part of the history of that is it used to start in February and now, now you've moved it to be more spring break related. Sure, and that's exactly right. When I moved to Houston 52 years ago, one of the first things people did, and I actually moved in February, I came here in February of 1970, and uh, a group of friends said, you've got to come see the rodeo. And I, I mean, I was hooked from that point on. It was amazing. Uh, back then, it, the rodeo was in the Astrodome. I'd never been to the Astrodome. I'd just gotten to Houston. And so to see the Astrodome and then see this full rodeo uh, was pretty amazing. But uh, a couple things happened, I think, as far as the show goes. The rodeo in February, weather was really unpredictable and often very, very cold. But again, as part of this move to make the rodeo family friendly, spring break typically was happening in the month of March. And so over a period of time, the show slowly changed the dates to the point where now barbecue cook-off is usually the last weekend in February and then the rodeo starts the following Tuesday. Now you said you moved here, you, you came from uh, out of state. Yes. I, I always like to tell people, if you want to become a true Houstonian, you can't do it without going to the rodeo. And it sounds like you embraced that really early on. Yes, I actually, uh, I lived in, I grew up in Iowa, went to college in Iowa, and then had a job waiting for me in Houston. And again, like I said, the first week I was here, first couple weeks I was here because it was early February, some friends said, we need to take you to the rodeo. And uh, that was it. I mean, I was hooked. 
Yeah, and, and so you, you, you started attending the rodeo, but how, how did you become involved as a volunteer? So, as you said, I, I mean, I shared with you, I used to go to the rodeo every year, and I really wanted to get involved. And when I went through a little bit of a career change where my schedule became more my own, uh, and that was 23 years ago, uh, I wanted to join a rodeo committee. Uh, I was working for a nonprofit. Uh, on our board of directors was a lifetime vice president from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And I asked her, how do I get on a committee? And she said, Richard, knowing you and your personality, the only committee for you is the speaker's committee and the rest is history. Yeah, and, and, I, and you joked with me the other day that you're busier now than you've ever been when you were working in retirement. And I had a, a Gene Ollier used to say the same thing to me. Yeah. And, and I know that uh, I, I learned a lot about the rodeo through him because he was obviously a great ambassador for the organization. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like the tenure that the rodeo volunteers have, they, they seem to do it forever. Speak, speak to that. How, how, how is that culture built so that year after year, these people are literally giving up almost two, two months out of the year right at rodeo time. I mean, they are literally there every day. Sure, and, and you're right. And, and I would tell you that um, for those of us, and, and I'd be the first to tell you that, that the rodeo may not be for everybody, but for those of us that enjoy rodeo, that enjoy the entertainment that accompanies, that enjoy knowing that our volunteer work and the things that we do helps benefit the youth of Texas through the scholarship program and the education program that the rodeo has. Um, it's really just, it becomes a lot of fun. And, and we find out that uh, really the 35,000 volunteers, we often refer to it as our family of volunteers because for those of us that enjoy the rodeo, we become this huge family and we're very supportive of each other. I mean, some of my best friends during times that are challenging have been the people that I know through the rodeo that are willing to support me. Yeah, and, and, and you, you said you also had a, a, a nonprofit background. And, and so obviously you know how important it is to get volunteers. And, and so speak to kind of the volunteerism in general of, of not just the rodeo, but nonprofits in general. So you, you've probably worked with so many volunteers over your career. Volunteers, very few nonprofits could do what they do without the support of volunteers. If you look at many, many of the huge fundraising activities that are critical to the longevity and the support and nonprofits being able to uh, achieve their mission, it's because of volunteers. Uh, boards of directors are all volunteers, they're not paid. Uh, if you look at people that put on the events, the event committees, they're volunteers. Uh, and so from the nonprofit standpoint, volunteers are critical to the success of those organizations achieving their mission. Same thing with the rodeo. It's just a huge scale. But the rodeo, in order to do what it does in a cost-effective manner, and quite frankly, to, to cover the, the scope of all the activities, requires volunteers. Yeah. And so um, you have 110 different committees, very different uh, in scope uh, from one committee to the next. Some might be sales committees, some might be operations committees doing things behind the scenes. Uh, others are uh, having to do with running the livestock show, but all volunteers. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing uh, feat. It really is. Uh, so the opening of the rodeo, you are going to 
be a rodeo clown, is that correct? Yes, but let's, let's be very honest. Uh, rodeo clown for the speakers committee, we have a number of us that do this. Uh, and our real reason that we got started on the speakers committee having a team of rodeo clowns is that every Friday during the school year, we, meaning the speakers committee, a group of roughly 20 to 30 volunteers, depending on the size of the school, are present in an elementary school to celebrate Western heritage, the rodeo, teach kids about um, all of the history of the Old West and, and leading up to our rodeo. And so I found out the first year I was on the committee that I could dress up in the traditional baggies and grease paint of rodeo clown and go into to schools and um, talk to kids about the difference between a bullfighter and a barrel man as part of the rodeo and the circus clown that they see at the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. And after doing that for a while, it just kind of grew into getting to support some of the other committees on the rodeo as a rodeo clown. So I help out with the Armed Forces Appreciation Committee, School Art Committee, Special Children's Committee. Um, but being a rodeo clown, it gives me an opportunity to go some places and do some things to talk about the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo that I might not have had the ability to do otherwise. So it's just a, a great entree into meeting people and talking about the rodeo. And you were telling me you had your portrait done by a young lady uh, artist? I mentioned that one of the committees I help is the School Art Auction Committee. And the students uh, that come to the School Art Auction have to be there pretty early in the morning. And a friend of mine asked if I could be there as a rodeo clown just to entertain the kids while they were uh, waiting for the, uh, the auction to start. And I guess it would have been in 2014 I met a young lady who was reserve champion. Uh, she was back in 2015 with a random lot in the rodeo uh, auction. And then in 2016, she did a portrait and it was called The Entertainer and, and it was a portrait of me uh, as a rodeo clown, as Flame, the persona that I've created. And I had no idea that she was doing the portrait. Uh, every time I would see her at school art auction, her family was there and they were always taking pictures of me with her and pictures of me. And apparently from those pictures, she worked with her school art or her art teacher at high school and did this portrait. And it ended up being basically second place selling for at that time, an all-time school art auction record of $220,000. Wow. And I was able to be on the stage with her when it uh, That's when, awesome. the, when the painting sold. And I, I, don't, I think people forget that really, yes, rodeo is a fun event, but it's about getting money to these kids' hands for school, for school, for scholarships. I mean, that's the big, people don't realize how much money you guys actually raise for that. And yeah. it's amazing. Uh, I would tell you that a lot of people think that the mission of rodeo is scholarships. And the true mission of rodeo is agriculture. Um, if you go back to the history of the rodeo, back in 1931, seven men met at what was then the Texas State Hotel. And they were concerned because there was cattle in Texas in the Gulf Coast, and it wasn't being marketed very well. And they realized that where cattle was being successfully marketed was where there were cities that had a major livestock show and exposition. And so the following year in 1932, we had the Houston Fat Stock Show and Livestock Exposition. 
And um, that was really the beginnings of what has today, 90 years later, become the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Uh, as things happened in the rodeo being a nonprofit, the rodeo generated money and looked at what could they do to help educate people not only about education, about agriculture, but what could the show do to help the youth of Texas have the opportunity to, to go to college. And so back in 1957, uh, a senior at Bel Air High School received a $2,000 scholarship from the rodeo, and that was the first scholarship. Today, a four-year scholarship is valued at $20,000, and the rodeo has now surpassed $550 million in educational support, which includes scholarships, uh, assistantships, uh, grants to community organizations. Yeah. So a huge difference from one $2,000 scholarship to multiple Every, every high 20, school, 000. I think, in, in the area yes. gets at least one. It's amazing. Exactly. It really is amazing. Right. Now, you have some tips for those that are going to the rodeo, and we want to make sure yes. that we show and we, we share those with, with the, uh, the audience. Yeah. A couple favorite things that I like to tell people if they're going to the rodeo, because it can be overwhelming, uh, truly overwhelming, uh, because you've got activity going on the rodeo at NRG Stadium, but also on the grounds of NRG Park, you have all the things going on outdoors, including the carnival. Uh, and then in NRG Center, you have the, the uh, livestock show uh, and exhibition. So for people that are tech savvy, I really encourage them. The rodeo has created an app that they can download for free on their phone. And it's a real-time app, and it can, includes up-to-date information on parking, uh, traffic, maps of the grounds, uh, the schedule of the entertainment, what's going on during the day. And then for people that may not be comfortable using their phone or may not have a phone that's where they can download the app, uh, I really like for people to, I recommend, there's a free visitor's guide and they're located all over the grounds of NRG Park. And I tell people, get the visitor's guide, sit down, take a few minutes, look through it, figure out your day, kind of where you want to be, look at the maps. And then the other thing uh, that I like to make people aware of, and sometimes they aren't uh, quite sure, if you're a grandparent and you're going to take your grandkids to the rodeo and you're going, boy, this could get to be really expensive, the rodeo has Family Wednesdays. And on Family Wednesdays, if you're over 60 years of age and under 12 years of age, you actually can come onto the grounds for no cost up until noon. So when the gates open, eight o'clock in the morning, up until noon on Wednesday, if you're over 60, under 12, there's no cost to come onto the grounds. And that gives you access to all the free things that go on in Energy Center and out on the grounds. Awesome. So before we uh, say goodbyes, You've been going to the rodeo a long time. Favorite rodeo moment ever? Oh, gosh. Hard to really tell. I mean, it's hard to beat being on the stage with that young artist, yeah. knowing that she just set a record, and to see the joy that that brought to her, her family. Uh, I, gosh, over the years, I've seen unbelievable performances by our entertainers. Uh, I think things that uh, 
stick out in my mind, Armed Forces Day, Brooks and Dunn doing only in America and bringing uh, representatives from all the armed forces uh, up onto the stage for a tribute. It was just on and on and on. Too many. Um, yeah, it's, it's all good. All good. I want to thank you for coming and sharing your story, and, and thank you for all the volunteer hours you're putting in. Hey, my pleasure, truly. Thanks. The Clear Lake Area Chamber of Commerce produces a Spring Fever Golf Tournament every March. If you want to get involved in that tournament, go to www.clearlakearea.com.